welcome and going to immediately dive in to a new earth after abundance I think that's what we read last so hopefully I don't reread something I've done before which is a replay of last week's or last the last episode it's been several weeks since then So we have reached a passage titled Knowing Yourself and Knowing About Yourself and I believe this is the, the current passage we are on fingers crossed you may not want to know yourself because you are afraid of what you may find out. Many people have a secret fear that they are bad, but nothing you can find out about yourself is you. Nothing you can know about you is you. While some people do not want to know who they are because of fear, Others have an insatiable curiosity about themselves and want to find out more and more. You may be so fascinated with yourself that you spend years in psychoanalysis, delve into every aspect of your childhood, uncover secret fears and desires, and find layers upon layers of complexity in the makeup of your personality and character. After ten years, the therapist may get tired of you and your story and tell you that your analysis is now complete. Perhaps he sends you away with a 5,000-page dossier this is all about you. This is who you are. As you carry the heavy file home, the initial satisfaction of at last knowing yourself gives way quickly to a feeling of incompleteness and a lurking suspicion that there must be more to who you are than this. And indeed, there is more, not perhaps in quantitative terms of more facts, but in the qualitative dimension of depth. There is nothing wrong with psychoanalysis or finding out about your past as long as you don't confuse knowing about yourself with knowing yourself. The 5,000-page dossier is about 
yourself, the content of your mind which is conditioned by the past. Whatever you learn through psychoanalysis or self-observation is about you. It is not you. It is content, not essence. Going beyond ego is stepping out of content. Knowing yourself is being yourself and being yourself is ceasing to identify with content. Most people define themselves through the content of their lives. Whatever you perceive, experience, do, think or feel is content. Content is what absorbs most people's attention entirely and it is what they identify with. When you think or say, my life, you are not referring to the life that you are, but the life that you have or seem to have. You are referring to content, your age, health, relationships, finances, work, and living conditions, living situation, as well as your mental, emotional state. The inner and outer circumstances of your life, your past and your future, all belong to the realm of content, as do events, that is to say, anything that happens. What is there other than content? That which enables the content to be, the inner space of consciousness. And the next passage is titled, Chaos and Higher Order. When you know yourself only through content, you will also think you know what is good or bad for you. You differentiate between events that are good for me and those that are bad. This is a fragmented perception of the wholeness of life in which everything is interconnected, in which every event has its necessary place and function within the totality. The totality, however, is more than the surface appearance of things, more than the sum total of its parts, more than whatever your life or the world contains. Behind the sometimes seemingly random or even chaotic succession of events in our lives as well as in the world lies concealed the unfolding of a higher order and purpose. This is beautifully expressed in the Zen saying, 
The snow falls, each flake in its appropriate place. We can never understand this higher order through thinking about it, because whatever we think about is content, whereas the higher order emanates from the formless realm of consciousness, from universal intelligence. But we can glimpse it, and more than that, align ourselves with it, which means be conscious participants in the unfolding of that higher purpose. When we go into, the, into a forest that has not been interfered with by man, our thinking mind will see only disorder and chaos all around us. It won't even be able to differentiate between life, good, and death, bad, any more, since everywhere new life grows out of rotting and decaying matter. Only if we are still enough inside and the noise of thinking subsides, can we become aware that there is a hidden harmony here, a sacredness, a higher order in which everything has its perfect place and could not be other than what it is and the way it is. The mind is more comfortable in a landscaped park because it has been planned through thought. It has not grown organically. There is an order here that the mind can understand. In the forest, there is an incomprehensible order that to the mind looks like chaos. It is beyond the mental categories of good and bad. You cannot understand it through thought, but you can sense it when you let go of thought, because become still and alert, and don't try to understand or explain. Only then can you be aware of the sacredness of the forest. As soon as you sense that hidden harmony, that sacredness, you realise you are not separate from it. And when you realise that, you become a conscious participant in it. In this way, nature can help you become realigned with the wholeness of life. The next passage is titled Good and Bad. At some, at some point in their lives, most people become aware that there is only birth, growth, success, good health, pleasure and winning, but also loss, failure, sickness, old age, 
decay, pain, and death. Conventionally, these are labelled good and bad, order and disorder. The meaning of people's lives is usually associated with what they term the good, but the good is continually threatened by collapse, breakdown, disorder, threatened by meaning, meaningless, meaninglessness, <laughs> and the bad. When explanations fail and life ceases to make sense, sooner or later. Disorder will erupt into everyone's life, no matter how many insurance policies he or she has. It may come in the form of loss or accident, sickness, disability, old age, death. However, the eruption of disorder into a person's life and the res resultant collapse of a mentally defined meaning can become the opening into a higher order. The wisdom of this world is folly with God, says the Bible. What is the wisdom of this world? The movement of thought and meaning that is defined exclusively by thought. Thinking isolates a situation or event and calls it good or bad, as if it had a separate existence. Through excessive resilience on thinking, reality becomes fragmented. This fragmentation is an illusion, but it seems very real while you are trapped in it, and yet the universe is an indivisible whole in which all things are interconnected, in which nothing exists in isolation. The deeper interconnectedness of all things and events implies that the mental labels of good and bad are ultimately illusory. They always imply a limited perspective, and so are true only relatively and temporarily. This is illustrated in the story of a wise man who won an expensive car in a lottery. His family and friends were very happy for him and came to celebrate. Isn't it great, they said. You are so lucky. The man smiled and said, Maybe. For a few weeks he enjoyed driving the car. Then one day a drunken driver crashed into his new car at an intersection and he ended up in, ho in the hospital with multiple injuries. His family and friends came to see him and said, that was really unfortunate. Again, the man smiled and said, maybe. While he was still in the hospital, one night, 
there was a landslide and his house fell into the sea. Again his friends came the next day and said, Weren't you lucky to have been here in the hospital? Again he said, Maybe. The wise man's maybe signifies a refusal to judge anything that happens. Instead of judging what is, he accepts it and so enters into conscious alignment with the higher order. He knows that often it is impossible for the mind to understand what place or purpose a seemingly random event has in the tapestry of the whole. But there are no random events, nor are there events or things that exist by and for themselves in isolation. The atoms that make up your body were once forged inside stars, and the causes of the even of even the smallest event are virtually infinite and connected with the whole in incomprehensible ways. If you wanted to trace back the cause of any event, you would have to go back all the way to the beginning of creation. The cosmos in, is not chaotic. The very word cosmos means order, but this is not an order the human mind can ever comprehend, although it can sometimes glimpse it. And I'm going to leave the the reading at this point here, and perhaps we can. reflect upon the passages that that we have read. So we began with the passage knowing yourself and knowing about yourself. So there is a distinct separation to knowing about yourself and knowing yourself. begin with the sentence here at the start that says nothing you can find out about yourself is you and one of the things about ourselves that is content Eckhart is saying so Content meaning your age, health, relationships, finances, work, living situation, mental, emotional states. So these are things about ourselves, those things that can be observed, I believe early in a chapter, if I'm not misquoting his words, there is the 
whatever is observed is content. A perception. And content is not essence. And it says as further into the passage that what is there other than content? That which enables the content to be the inner space of consciousness. So content appears within the space of consciousness. So content can't can cannot exist outs outside of consciousness, outside of spaciousness, outside of our awareness. And I think it's uh, Rupert Spira that uses the analogy, and I'm sure other, other teachers do as well, of the screen, the projector screen. The content, experience, but we are the witness of that, we are not that. And what appears on that projector screen are things about ourselves or perceptions, thoughts, feelings, observations. But it is not the essence. Those things can come from the essence, but it's within and not exclusively the essence itself. And we moved on to chaos and higher order. And this is quite a deep passage, although it is short, it is one that perhaps may take some, it may take some absorption to fully grasp and understand it. And perhaps Perhaps I can sense that the more this is analysed by mind, that the less understanding will come from this. I think there's a line in here about you know how mind can never grasp the the totality, the the, the link of events that go back to the cosmos. But we will begin with the, the line that, that my eyes have reached where it says the totality however is more than the surface appearance of things, more than the sum total of its parts, more than whatever your life or the world contains. And Eckhart quotes uh, a Zen saying, which I will repeat now, where it says, the snow falls each flake in its appropriate place. So, and that reflects upon the events. You know, there is no random events. 
and moving into good and bad, there is no lucky or unlucky events. You know, if we isolate events in the mind, of course, we can, the mind may feel, oh, that, that was extremely unlucky, this has happened. Or this is extremely fortunate that this has happened. And the mind can, cannot grasp, it, it doesn't have access to understanding the totality of events, that one event is connected to it, the other, that all events in this world are interconnected. That there, there isn't, just as a wave cannot separate from the ocean, the wave in some ways is an event in itself, but it's not disconnected from any part of the ocean, it is part of it. I'm not sure if that's a, a quite a clear example, but... Perhaps in the, in the mind's eye, the wave is a singular separate event in itself. But in the totality, the wave is connected to everything else. It is not separate. Just allowing that to sit. down in the passage Eckhart refers to the example of a forest this is probably a better example than my attempt <laughs> with the ocean it says when we go into a forest that has not been interfered with our thinking mind will only see disorder and chaos all around us it won't be able to differentiate between life good and death bad any more since everywhere new life grows out of rotting and decaying matter so the, the forest is a great um, and this example is a great way where it's a space that you can see or sense the totality where there's growth and there's death and there's new growth again all happening at the same time and it's a example of how that is happening for events in our lives of course it's happening time apart and our minds have fragmented one event separate to another event but it is the same as the forest and the forest is is clear to see it's happening all at once but in our lives it can have the illusion of separateness with the mind itself almost a tool to 
to isolate and to singular to create events in, in a singular mind in the singular mind's eye this event happened to me when it's just simply unfolding And Eckhart gives the example of a manicured park, a park, a landscaped park. And he says, you know, there's an order here that the mind can understand. In the forest, there is an incomprehensible order that to the mind looks like chaos. It is beyond the mental categories of good and bad. You cannot understand it through thought but you can sense it when you let go of thought. And so this is what we're doing with our life events. We're using the mind to try and understand the nature of life. Why did this happen to me? Why, how, how did I get so lucky? How did I get so unlucky? It's through the limited individuality of mind and only outside of mind can this become comprehensible can the seemingly chaos become order and as soon as you sense that hidden harmony through this is done through awareness that sacredness you realize in yourself is that you are not separate from it and when you realize you are not separate from the the events around us when you are not separate you become a conscious participant within it in this way nature can help you become realigned within the wholeness of life and just to briefly touch upon the final chapter of good and bad which is a reflection of what we've just read <laughs> the, the language of the mind the language of separation of the mind the mind's illusion of so-called separate events this is good, this is bad. And just to confirm or reconfirm these words, Eckhart says thinking isolates a situation or event and cause it good or bad as if it had a separate existence. And it is through thinking that reality becomes fragmented. And this line really, I can very much connect to it as well. With, with my situation, there's lots of rumination and, and excessive thinking with my challenging mental health. And in such a simple line, there's so much depth to that because it's 
to speak just on behalf of myself, there is an enormous waves of thought, more and more, one thought after another, a waterfall, a barrage of thoughts. And it is fragmenting the true reality of wholeness. And in this fragmentation, each little illusion, it's trying to do the impossible, it's trying to gain un understanding. It's perhaps good to just reflect upon that as well as that if that's something you can sense in yourself the judgments and thoughts of of our our lives our life situation the content of our lives our thoughts our feelings our various life situations with work or relationships, each so-called separate events that we've created, that my work life is great, I'm very happy there, but my finances are not, or relationships are challenging, there's, there's loneliness there, but my health is there, I'm, I'm at a young age, And you can sense the, the turbulence of content, the turbulence of, of about ourselves, of that life's about what we think we are, where things are rapidly changing. One moment, relationship's great, the next it's in, it's in, it, it's in a desperate way. It's, there's a great deal of pain there, and the same with work or finances up and down, good and bad in, our, in that dimension of mind, such a turbulent life and without the awareness you are constantly going up and down, you're feeling the, the sting, the pain and you may feel a temporarily high, a, a, a bolt of happiness and then suddenly there's pain because it, it never lasts <laughs> the happiness within the mind can never it's never fulfilling it's never enough something either it fades or something spoils the happiness fragmentation separateness And another uh, story I, when Eckhart mentioned, um, where he said this is illustrated in the story of a wise man. Then, of course, you remember from previous stories that uh, I do enjoy a good story from Eckhart, and there's a wonderful illustration about events that happen in this man's life, and where the man's f friends and family they with each event they they label it as this is great this is unlucky this is lucky unaware that there is no sep separate events of good and bad of luck and bad luck 
and the man, the wise man, each time is reflecting the true reality that maybe in a very gentle way and it signifies the maybe signifies a refusal to judge anything that happens instead there is acceptance and with it and with acceptance there is conscious alignment you are now flowing with life you're not swimming upstream of life trying to change the currents you are flowing with it and and this is where there's a great source of pain the the refusing of life the contracting the tightening the when things contort in that way and it's a beautiful example when you are flowing aligning with life just just sense now water flowing it's it's so free and easy no effort and then there is the, the illusory mind ego trying to can use both examples either swim upstream or try and change the direction of water the struggle of of refusing what is unfolding hmm. so I sense I've probably uh, perhaps uh, spoken uh, more about this than I should have that perhaps says I can sense with a lot of the words almost the less we break them down the less talk then the more we can deepen in this so that's something to keep in mind for myself but we can end with the final sentence and where Eckhart talks about the cosmos the beginning events the cosmos is not chaotic the very word cosmos means order but this is not an order the human mind can ever comprehend although it can sometimes glimpse it thank you so much for joining me for this episode I wish you well in this moment and we will speak again very soon take care